to meet you. Uh, every week, junior high is like this. This is my hope for you. It's my hope for the friends you bring. That every single week we have some fun and. It's okay to have fun at church. Like, that's a good thing. And then we do some worship. And then we open the Bible and we learn something that's practical, that makes sense for us out of the Bible. And we're doing that, the same thing this week. So do me a favor. Grab notepapers, grab pens, grab Bibles. Like, 7th and 8th graders know this. Like, there are certain lessons that are like, this is a note-taking lesson. 6th graders, you'll learn this. But, like, you know, there, every week's, you know, a good thing. But there are some weeks especially that are just like, you got to take notes because when you go home, you're going to be thinking later, like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could remember, but I can't because my memory and my brain so young. And so it's good to take notes. You're going to want to grab a notepaper, grab a pen. If there's no notepaper in your cart, find another cart. Hey, and do me a favor. Grab your seat. Uh, the bathroom will be there in 20 minutes, I promise you. I don't think anything's happening with the bathroom. Anything, are we good with the bathroom? Anything's happening? So the bathroom will be there in 20 minutes, I promise you. So just hunker in, grab your notepaper, because I believe that what we're going to learn today together, this is something that I was, when I was like reading and like researching for this, like I was asking myself like big questions about my faith and about my friends. And, and I just believe that you guys are going to get something today that you could not find online. You cannot find this at your local pharmacy. You can't find this at Costco. You're only getting it today in JHM. So take a look at the screen. I have a question for you. I want you to think about this for a moment. Has a friend ever commented on your relationship with Jesus? And I know you might think, well, yeah, my friends comment all the time. The guys in my life group, girls in my life group, and sixth graders, you guys are getting into a life group. Like they comment on my relationship with Jesus all the time. I got this Bible I bring to church, or I got the JHM hat or the JHM t-shirt. But that's not what I'm talking about, okay? That's the easy stuff. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about at school, has someone ever like, come to you, a friend that does go to church or doesn't go to any church and they know you don't go to church. Have they ever come to you and said, you know what? There's something different about you. And I know you hear that and you think, well, I don't want there to be anything different about me. I just kind of want to blend in. I don't want to stand out. I just want to be, and this is the word you like to use. I just want to be normal. I do not want to stand out. I just want to be normal. I just want to go through life. I don't want to be making too many waves. I don't want everyone to notice. I just want to be normal. Now here's the thing that I love. Okay. This is the thing that I love. Jesus was so great at taking the normal fisherman, the normal guy that works with wood, the normal tax collector. He's so great at taking these normal people and pulling out all these things that make them different. Now, this is what I love so much. When we think of different, sometimes we think different is bad. Listen, different is so good. If someone looks at you and they say, man, there's something different about you. It doesn't seem like you talk about people negatively the way other people talk about people negatively. Or there's something different about you. It seems like you're always willing to encourage someone or give a compliment and be nice to someone. It always seems like you're willing to do that. There's something different about you. You know, there's something different about you. The way you treat teachers, the way you treat coaches, the way you treat even other people on your team or in your band or in your music group or your art class, or your dance class, whatever it is. There's something different about the way you treat them. There's something different about you. Now, if you've ever had a friend say, like, there's something different, they're commenting on your relationship with Jesus because out of that relationship with Jesus, it changes who we are for the better. It makes things better when we follow Jesus. And when we, we try and act and be like Jesus, it makes things better, it makes life better. The way we treat people, it makes it better. But here's the thing, and uh, this is what I wonder, and you may wonder too, somebody up here on the screen. I sometimes find myself wondering, Sometimes I find myself wondering if my friends know I'm a follower of Jesus. 
But you know, I started thinking about this for myself. Like, I wonder, do the people who I hang out with who don't go to church, do they know that I'm a follower of Jesus? Like, there's so many things that people know about me. A lot of people know that I'm a dad. A lot of people know that I'm married. A lot of people know that I have the most amazing Instagram account ever. Follow me. Hey, Justin Herman. A lot of people know that I drive a truck now. Okay, I drive this truck. I got rid of my FJ. I drive a truck now. A lot of people know that, and it is so manly. I feel like I've gone three up three levels of the manliness scale because I drive this truck, and I'm just like, oh, man. I'm just, throw stuff in the back of my truck. Things I don't even need to throw in there, I throw in there just to drive around some, you know, this guy with the truck. But so you'll know, people know, like, I hope people know that I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I hope people know that I like Starbucks. Like I, like I, there's things that I hope people know about me. Like I hope people know that I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, my next door neighbor, remember the one who thinks he cooks better ribs than me? Doesn't by the way, proved it this week, cooked up the best ribs ever. He does not go to church. His wife does not go to church. They have a little son, a little kid, it's the same age as, uh, uh, as Canon. Like they're both like almost a year old. They, obviously the little one-year-old doesn't go to church. Okay. They, so they don't go to church and we started hanging out with them. So like they're our next door neighbors. So like, just like you guys probably hang out with people who live somewhat around you. We hang out with them and we'll like do s'mores at their house or, or we'll, you know, have dinner together. We just hang out together. We watch bad TV together. We watch big brother. You guys want to watch big brother? Yeah, you guys want to watch Big, you watch Big Brother? I'm so into this season. Or Survivor, Dancing with the Stars, all this stuff. We watch these lame shows together. But the point is, we do this stuff together. And at first, he didn't know what I did for a living. He didn't know I worked at a church and everything. But he could tell there was something different about me and my wife. And he even commented. I remember the day he commented. Like, man, he's like talking to us. Man, you and Brittany, you're just di- different than a lot of our friends. Well, we're different than a lot of this guy's friends, our next door neighbor who's awesome. We're different because we follow Jesus. And a lot of his friends don't follow Jesus. Because when you follow Jesus, it should be noticeable. Like you shouldn't keep your faith bottled up. It's something that you should enjoy, open up and enjoy. And it's something that other people should enjoy too. Here's the thing. Uh, this is, this is, I, so I actually am extremely thirsty right now. Does anyone, uh, can someone do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? Okay, come on over here. Could you run down to the vending? Here's three bucks. Run down to the vending machine. Ooh, don't slip and fall. There's no insurance. Can you run down to the vending machine and just give me three colas, whatever you pick, just and bring it back up here, please? All right. So this is what I want to learn. It's out of the book of Mark. Okay, this is right out of the Bible. This is so good. I want you to see it. It's going to be right here on the screen. If you have your Bibles, open them to Mark chapter 2, uh, and this is what we're going to learn, okay? It's out of uh, starting with verse number 1. So feel free to flip there. I use my table of contents all the time. Mark was written by a guy. He just the coolest guy ever. His name is Mark. All right. He's fun, fast paced guy. The whole book of Mark is very fast paced. Like they move from thing to thing to thing. And you'll feel it even in like this, uh, this first verse when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly. Mark like uses words like that quickly, fast, immediately moved. Very quick guy, quick, uh, spread immediately fast that he was back. So just imagine this. You're in your neighborhood. When I remember when I was a kid, my, one of my best friends, Josh, went away to a summer camp for a week, and, and I just couldn't wait for him to get back, okay? So I'm waiting there and waiting there, and then when he gets back, I you know, hear through the grapevine of my neighborhood that he's back, and I immediately go to Josh's house to start causing trouble and wreaking havoc in our neighborhood. Because it's like, that's my, my best friend. Like, I was so pumped when he was back, and I went right over because I wanted to see him. That's what's happening here. Jesus is back in town. The word has spread, and everyone is showing up. Verse 2, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors there was no there was no more room even outside the door while he was preaching God's words that's what Jesus did all the time he taught people uh, preaching God's word to them four men this is important four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat so let me explain what's going on here okay 
Jesus is there teaching. There's these four guys, okay? There's really five because the fifth guy is their friend. So these four friends are friends of this one other guy who is paralyzed. So I don't know if anyone has a friend who has special needs or is in a wheelchair. I have friends back in New York, or one friend in particular who is confined to a wheelchair, okay? So these guys, these four guys have this friend who's in a wheelchair. He can't move. He's paralyzed. And they are bringing him to Jesus because they believe that Jesus can do something about it. Like, these are like really close friends. This is what I want you to write down. It's going to appear on the screen. When it comes to friendship, okay, friends carry each other. They're there for each other. So when you read this verse, you're thinking, well, they're carrying him like on a mat, right? So like they're physically carrying him. And I can't physically carry my friends all the time. But I don't want you to think of it in the physical sense. I want you to think of it in the relationship. Oh, this is perfect. Thank you so much. What do you got here? Refresher. This is really good. What do you got here? Pepsi. Okay, I like Pepsi. Coca-Cola. Okay, this is really good. All right, thank you so much. These are going to be delicious later. All right, friends carry each other. So I want you to think of it this way. When you go to a friend and say, hey, can I pray for you? That's carrying a friend. When you care for your friends, you carry your friends. It's not on the screen. That's a freebie. You can write that down. When you care for your friends, you carry your friends because caring for them is carrying them. Like I had a friend when I was in school. My parents got divorced when I was like eight years old. And I remember going to this friend, and this was like a couple years later, and I, the word is spreading that his parents are getting divorced. And I was able to go to him and say, hey, my parents got divorced when I was eight. I think we were, I was around 11 when this happened. My parents got divorced when I was eight. Like, I know what you're going through. Is there anything I can do? Do you want to talk about it? Like, I cared for him, and that was a big deal. When we care for people, we are carrying them. We are helping them. We're supporting them. And they were there for each other. These four friends were there for their one friend who was paralyzed. This is what it says in the next verse as we go in the story. This is so good. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. The crowd was huge. So they dug a hole through the roof above Jesus' head. So imagine you're in your bedroom and someone digs a hole through the roof of your house. Through that, And they lowered the man. And you, a lot of you know this story. This is a pretty familiar Bible story. A lot of you know this story. They lowered the mat down in front of Jesus. Now, this is the most important verse. If you're not paying attention right now, this is the moment. I know it's tough. we got these grade sections. Boys and girls are mixing these sections together. Boys, I know what you're thinking. Okay, it can wait till after service. Okay, she's going to be here after service. Just chill. I know, you're like, oh, what, huh? And so just pay attention. Okay, pay attention. If you are looking to memorize a verse, I think memorizing verses is a good thing. This is the verse you should memorize from Mark chapter 2. This is what it says. Seeing their faith, so important, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. So I want to explain what's going on here, okay? Jesus is there. The four friends have burrowed a hole like rats through the roof of this house. And we have rats in the student center, so I know what it means to burrow a hole. You guys should watch your heads. So they burrow this hole through the roof, lower their friend in, and Jesus doesn't look at the paralyzed guy and say, oh, paralyzed guy, oh, man, look at you. You're here. Oh, paralyzed guy, I know you've been wanting to be healed for so long. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus looks at the four friends that were carrying the paralyzed guy and says, seeing their faith, the faith of the friends, seeing their faith, I can forgive you of your sins. Now, here's a really big deal. I want you to write this down. This is simple stuff. This is simple stuff. It's up here on the screen. You will do shocking things for your friends. Okay, this isn't, this is not what I said. I didn't say, you should pray about doing shocking things for you. I didn't say that. I didn't say, you know what, one day maybe you'll do something shocking for a friend. That's not what I said. You will do shocking things for your friends. And for those of you who have close friendships, you know this is true. 
Like, you would do anything for your friends. You keep secrets for your friends sometimes. You are the person they can confide in. You're the person that they can go to to get help. You're the person they cause trouble with. They're the person that when you're running from the principal, they're running right alongside you. And then you got a third person there who's a little slower, and, like, you let him fall behind, and he gets captured, and you keep running. Like, really good friends. You will do shocking things for your friends. That is what Jesus is seeing here. He's seeing shocking friendship taking place. You know, friendships are great, right? But the kind of friendship where you would lower someone through a roof to see Jesus, who you believe in the power of Jesus so much that Jesus can heal, that kind of faith is shocking. You will do shocking things for your friends. Things that will surprise you, shocking things. This is what it says in the next verse. Some of the teachers of the religious law, boring people, were sitting there, thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. All right. So here's the deal about whining, okay? I don't like whining. I don't know if anyone here is just like, I love whining. You download whining songs on your phone. You just listen to it, okay? You're just like listening. You, you just, yeah, it's like what? So what is that? You just like listening to whining. All right, so I have a two-year-old. A lot of you guys know this. In a, in a, a 10-month or 11-month-old, he's going to be a year in August. First day of summer camp is his first birthday, okay? They whine. Okay, now, they're great. I love them to death. They whine. And the thing is, they don't speak English. They don't speak English, but they understand what's going on. So they whine and they know it's getting under our skin. They know it's getting to us. But there's nothing you can say to this ki- these kids. They don't speak English. They don't know what's going on. So they just keep whining and whining and they know what's going on. They see me and Britt tr- struggling to figure out how to meet their needs because they're whining. Is it your diaper? Are you hungry? Are you hungry for what's in your diaper? Like, what is it? What is it? I don't know how to help you. Stop whining so much. But they're little kids. That's why I don't hang out on Port Mariners that often. Whining just drives me bananas. You know what's even worse than a kid whining? Which I love kids. Adults whining. Oh, my gosh. So you know these adults who's like, you go out to dinner, and they're like, oh, the soup, it's too cold. Oh, now it's too hot. Oh, this room is too cold. Oh, now it's too hot. Do you have a sweatshirt? Oh, I'm going to take your sweatshirt. And then you never see the sweatshirt again. Those kind of adults drive me bananas. They whine and complain. That's the religious leaders. The religious leaders are the whining, complaining ones. They're the ones who see what Jesus is doing, and they're not excited about what Jesus is doing. They're annoyed by it. They're bummed by it. I want you to see this and write this down, okay? When it comes to verse 6 and 7, be excited about the shocking things Jesus does, not bummed by them. The religious leaders, they were bummed out. You want to know why they were bummed out? Because Jesus was getting all this attention, and they were getting none of it. They're standing there like, look at us. We wear these robes, like the religious leaders at the time. Like they would wear these long robes. They would have all these like cords around them. Like it's a high school graduation and they got all the awards. They'd wear these goofy hats, long beards. And they'd be like, why aren't we getting all the attention? Why is Jesus getting the attention? They're whiners. They weren't excited for what God is doing. Like they're looking around like, oh, that guy's healed. He used to be blind. Oh, that guy, he couldn't walk. Now he can walk. Oh, this gal, she was bleeding a ton. Now she's fine. Oh, this guy over here. Oh, he's healed too. And they see all these incredible, shocking things that Jesus does. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, this is so great. Look at this guy, Jesus. He's healing these people. Look at these people rallying to him. Like this could change everything about our community. This could shock our city if we believe and help this guy be successful. Instead, they said, why aren't I getting the attention? Why aren't I the one on stage? Why aren't people focusing on me? And these adults, they're whining about it. Listen, students, listen. Be excited about the shocking things Jesus does. If if you miss out on a part in your play and your friend gets the part, be excited. 
Be shockingly excited for your friend. If you get cut from the team and your friend makes the team, be excited for your friend. Don't be bummed out. Don't whine and complain. and be sad. I mean, you can be sad that you didn't make it and you can work harder and maybe you'll make it next year, but don't don't not be happy for your friend because they're doing great stuff because God's blessing them. That's a good thing. These guys, they didn't get it. And this is what it says in the next verse. This is so cool. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. That's the God we follow. Knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? My sins are forgiven. Like I asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I'm a sinner. And he forgave me my sins. I still mess up. I asked Jesus to forgive me. And he does. I try not to do it again. Like, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, you've asked Jesus to forgive your sins. Like, is it easier for Jesus to say your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove, I will prove to you that the son of man, he's talking about himself, the son of man, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said to him, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Here's the thing I want you to hear, guys. Here's the thing I want you to hear. It wasn't this paralyzed man who did all this stuff. It wasn't the paralyzed man who came in and was like, oh, Jesus, I really need your help. It wasn't that. Jesus saw the faith of these friends, friends who didn't bottle up their faith, friends who shared their faith. You know, faith is good and it's enjoyable when you don't bottle it up. When you live in your faith and you are, every day you're trying to be more like Jesus. Every day you're, you're filled with this joy that only comes from Jesus. When you're enjoying your faith, it's meant to be enjoyed, by the way. When you're enjoying your faith, that's a good thing. And when you share your faith with other people, friends, people around you, that's a good thing too. Faith is not meant to be bottled up. Faith is meant to be shared. Don't bottle up your faith. You know, these four friends, they didn't bottle up their faith. These four friends, and I don't know if you have like a friends who are like this, who when you're like, your back is against the wall, you don't know what to do, things are really tough in your life and school and family, like you don't know what to do, and do you, I don't know if you have a couple friends who like you guys look at each other, and you know what? It's like, you know what? Jesus has got this. We just need to pray about it. Let's pray about it together. Like, do you have girlfriends who are like there instead of like, you know, ah, yeah, yeah, they're terrible and like complaining. They're like, you know what? I'm confident that Jesus has our back, even when things are tough. That you have friends around you who, if you had to carry someone, like the people who you'd say, man, they're the ones who are holding the corners of my blanket. They're the ones who are helping carry me. They're the ones who are there for me, who are praying for me, who are encouraging me. Are you, are you surrounding yourself with people who are bottling up your faith? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are enjoying their faith? Enjoying living a life that they live out their faith, enjoying sharing their faith with other people. You know, here's a question. Are you the person that bottles up their faith? Or are you the person that enjoys your faith? You enjoy hearing more about Jesus. You enjoy trying to be more like Jesus. You enjoy sharing your faith with other people. You know, here's the thing. These cans of soda here are here, obviously, for a reason. You know, this is so simple when you think of soda, right? When you think of soda, it's like, no, if you were like, man, I'm really thirsty, I really want a soda, no one would get a soda and be like, man, that is a good-looking soda, and just leave it there. That makes no sense. It makes no sense to leave the soda in the can. The whole purpose of this is to open it and enjoy it. So you, like, when it comes to soda, it makes total sense. You get your soda, and you open it up. Ooh, that sound. Everyone knows that sound's universal, okay? Because faith is not meant to be bottled up. It's meant to be enjoyed. You just take a little sip. Mmm, that's really good, by the way. I really like Pepsi a lot. 
Faith's not meant to be bottled up. It's meant to be open and enjoyed. But you know what else? It brings a lot of joy when you share it with other people. Does anyone over here, any eighth graders like Pepsi? Big fan of Pepsi? Come on over here. All right, now listen, I'm not giving this to you for no reason. I'm giving this to you because I want you to get the point, okay? Faith is not meant to be bottled up. It's meant to be enjoyed, and it's meant to be shared. So I'm sharing that with you. I want you to go enjoy that, okay? All right? This is easy stuff. Hey, hey, I need you to get this. I need you to understand. This is easy stuff. Faith is not meant to be bottled up. It's meant to be enjoyed. You can't leave it in the can. You got to open up your faith. You got to see it. You got to smell it. Mmm, this is really good. You got to enjoy it. All right, you guys get it. You got to enjoy your faith. And then what do you do after you enjoy it? You, you share it. You share it with other people. Who here likes, what is this? M- Mountain Breeze Refresher. You like this young lady? Here you go. All right, now listen, I'm not giving this to you for no reason. I'm giving it to you. All right, listen, I'm giving it to you because it's like faith. It's meant to be enjoyed. Not meant to be bottled up, and it's meant to be shared with others. Am I right? All right, go sit down. All right, sixth graders, I love you guys. I love Coca-Cola, all right? That's why I had to get three. All right, you guys are getting this, right? Does this make sense? Faith, it's not meant to be bottled up, right? All right, it's meant to be what? Yeah, opened up and enjoyed, and then what, right? It's meant to be shared, right? So you you enjoy it. All right. Yeah, Danielle, here you go. Good job. All right, now remember, hey, Danielle, remember, it's meant to be enjoyed, and then it's meant to be shared. That's why I shared it with you. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We make this mistake all the time. We make this mistake all the time. We forget to share. Now, I want you to write this down. This is our big idea for today. Jesus sees my faith and smiles when I share it. Jesus sees my faith and smiles when I share it. You wonder, man, does Jesus see my faith? Yeah, Jesus sees your faith. We prove that because Jesus saw the faith of this guy's friends. Jesus sees your faith and he smiles when you share it. And you might think, well, what does it look like to share it? Let me give you a couple quick examples. You don't have to write these down. They're not on the screen, but I'll give you a couple quick examples. When you offer to pray for a friend, that is you sharing. You can pray for a friend that goes to church, doesn't go to church, doesn't matter. They go to your school, live in your neighborhood, or whatever. You walk up to someone and say, hey, I hear that something's not going well. Or, hey, I hear you have a test coming up. Or, hey, I heard that this is happening in your life. Can I be praying for you? That is a way to share your faith. Let me give you another example. Okay, a way for you to enjoy your faith. When you wake up in the morning, is the first thing you do, is it to grab your phone and check what you missed on Instagram? Which doesn't, I do that a lot, actually. So that's fine. That's fine. No one, hey, it's fine. Is the second thing you do, open up your Bible app or pull your Bible off your shelf and just take a look at a couple verses to see if you can learn something differently? I want you to enjoy your faith. So are you looking at Bible stuff in the morning or you're just looking at Instagram the whole time? All right, here's number three. Here, this is number three. This is easy stuff. Listen, hey, listen up. This is easy stuff. Number three, all right? Are you... The one who just lets every meal pass without saying, hey, let's just pray and give God thanks for the food around the dinner table with your family. There's nothing weird about this. Hey, let's just, let's just pray tonight. Let's just give God thanks for the food. Very simple stuff. Are you the one who's leading that? Or if it doesn't happen, are you just like, oh, I better just keep my mouth shut. I better not say anything. You know, other people will enjoy your faith when you pray for the food around your table. It's easy stuff. Here's the fourth one, okay? This is so simple, and I want to make it really clear. I love every single one of you being here. If, if not a, if you, every one of you came back every single week, I'd be so happy. And it, when I say, man, I want you to bring your friends. It's not because I'm not happy with who's already here. 
It's because part of what Jesus taught was to go and find other people and bring them because Jesus' message is a shocking one and he thinks other people should hear it too. Are you inviting people to Paddle and Grub, to Shocking Friday, to JHL on the weekend? Are you inviting people? It's an easy way to share your faith. You know, here's the very last one. One of the ways that I have seen me sharing my faith was when I did outreach stuff, serve stuff. That's why we have Dave Picorni here. He's the best serve guy in the universe. All right, we, if you guys do local serves, if you go serve with your family, if your life group serves, we'll go into Mexico to build a house, doing one of our Mexico one-day trips. When you go and you live out your faith with others, that is you sharing your faith. Now, here's the deal. This is simple stuff. When you go home today, right now it's 75 degrees outside, and your parents are going to get you in the car. They're going to turn the heat up, okay? It's going to be hot. You're going to be sweating. Girls will be sweating everywhere. It's going to be gross. And they're going to put the iPhone light in your eye, and they're going to say, hey, you, kid that I've raised and gave birth to or adopted, which you one. I was adopted, so that's cool. What did you learn today at church? And you're going to be able to pull out your notes and say, you know what I learned today at church? I learned that Jesus sees my faith and smiles when I share it. And then you're going to turn the iPhone light back on your parents, and you're going to look at them and say, what did you learn today, mom and dad? Because if you're going to ask me, you better bet I'm going to ask you, and you better be able to pony up some information. Here's the deal, guys. I love all of you. I think you are all so great. I can't wait to see you all next week when we do JHM again. Come to Shocking Friday, this Friday. It's going to be great. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy your week. Have a good one. Go hang out. You're amazing. Bye, guys. Bye.